0: Welcome to the Batman-tasticast, celebrating the 30th anniversary of the greatest animated television series of all time, Batman, the Animated Series. Our podcast offers a deep dive into each episode and a full series retrospective from two nerds who really like Batman. Sitting across from me is the wildish Irish rose of them all, Mike Staub.
1: See, I was going to say that... I was going to use a <laughs> rose pun oh, What have you got? For you, So I was going to say... The only rose without a thorn, Mr. Jordan Hill.
0: But you know what they say. Every rose
1: has its thorn.
0: All right. Uh, Hey, listen, folks, welcome to our episode covering Pretty Poison, which is the fifth episode of season one of the animated series. Uh, In the broadcast order, it would have been number nine. So still a pretty early one regardless. It is the first appearance of Dr. Pamela Isley. Or as we know her, Poison Ivy.
1: Poison Ivy. Yeah, one Poison o- Ivy. Yeah, there she. That, no? to, yeah, by
0: all means, this is very musical. Um, one of my favorite villains. Great, great villain. And a villain that has really changed. Yes, she's no longer a villain. And not really a villain anymore. Yeah, in the cultural consciousness. So it's actually. Kind of funny to go back and see her uh, sort of more simplified version of her. Yeah. Um, Not that this version isn't valid, by the way. Actually, I love this version of Poison Ivy, but like it's funny to know where she goes later and to see what's not quite there. Yeah. She has one of the best villain motivations. Yeah. She's trying to protect the planet, she's trying to protect extinct or. Species that are about to be extinct, right?
1: But I feel also like um, her kind of motivation in general. It's she kind of represents like the natural order of things to a degree. Like not animalistic, but she represents she nature yes. and uh, how you know we're kind of living in their home, right? You know, not the other way. Around.
0: When we're when we're uh, experiencing the best writing for poison yes. ivy, you're absolutely right. She's the embodiment of nature, nature's beauty yeah. and nature's cruelty. Yeah, yeah right and she has a nurturing side to her but in this episode which again is that her first appearance in the animated series she's kind of just two things yeah she's really sexy yeah and she's really malevolent yeah. right yeah. and that's that's really it but actually there are even points in this episode where I'm kind of like oh I get it yeah or like you even feel kind of bad for her so she is a little sympathetic even just to start and listen I hate to be this way but I have stupid male brain <laughs> but like you look at this woman <laughs> And she seems very young. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I I feel bad for her even just the way she looks. She looks sort of vulnerable at yeah. times, which is funny because she's so powerful and, and has all this power. But I, I don't know. There is this, um, even in just this episode, there's a little bit of like sort of innocent vulnerability to her. She's not, and what I'm trying to say, is she's not fully become badass Poison Ivy yet.
1: Yeah. I also feel that Poison Ivy, in terms of Batman's rogues gallery... It's one of the only true like supervillains that he has.
0: Like, right? Not in this episode, but yeah. Yeah, not in the, obviously not you mean in, this in terms episode. of like power. Power, like yeah.
1: it's like her and Mister Freeze are like the two that actually have some degree of power. Right, and then there's of like There is
0: a tier of villains he has: Clayface, Killer Croc, yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Definitely. That they can they can actually hold their own against other superheroes. Yeah, but like, and then there's villains that only Batman would yeah, ever have like to Penguin deal with, like Penguin and the Joker and right, stuff. Right, right. But like, Mister
1: mm-hmm. Freeze can freeze a city. Poison yeah. Ivy could control pretty much just about any plant she wants. Yeah, so. I and
0: look, she's been a member of the Justice League. She's yeah. done all kinds of stuff like that. So, yeah, but what's funny is, so this version of the character that we see just in this first episode or in the early episodes of the animated series, she can't control plant life no, yet. can not yet. She, can't, she doesn't have that ability... Her kiss is not naturally poisonous. She has to put on lipstick for that or put Mm -hmm. on something for that. Rubber lips. Yeah. So a lot of the powers and abilities that we associate with Poison Ivy, she doesn't have yet in this episode. And speaking of her appearance, you know, I think especially if you're new to Batman and by new, I mean like, I don't know, last 20-ish years or something like that, you're used to Poison Ivy having green skin skin. and red hair, which she did not classically have and does not have in this episode. She is just a really attractive red-haired woman. Yeah. Which is why she's crazy. I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh no! I, listen, I couldn't help it. Yeah, you had Can't to help make it. that joke. It's a redhead. All right, we can probably start to get into the episode because I think these other topics are going to kind of come yeah, up as we very, go through.
1: And this is also a short but packed episode.
0: Yes. So actually, we should mention this episode's incredibly dense. Yes. Um. So they talk about scene count. Yes. On these uh, episodes, a lot. Um. Like when they're producing them. There are usually about 16 scenes in an episode, and that's including like, oh, transitions, we went to a new location, we went back and forth, and they try to manage the number of scenes because it can feel really overwhelming in 22 minutes yes. if you're just switching back and forth or there are too many transitions, you know.
1: And remember, mm-hmm. this is a show for kids. Right.
0: Yeah. This, and we are we are children, clearly. Yes, clearly. Uh, this episode has 32 yeah. scenes, yeah. including, you know, transitions and all that stuff, which is, it can feel overwhelming. It's a lot. But it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This episode makes it work. Yes. And it's a great episode. Uh, yeah, I'll say up front, it's a really good episode. I enjoyed watching it, and I really remembered it. Yeah. Uh, I remember, I, at this point, I've certainly seen every episode of Batman the Animated Series, and I saw all of them as a kid. But being a kid, like, only some are really going to stick with you. This yes. one really did. I really remembered this yes. one. Absolutely. So that that's a, usually a good sign. Uh, so this is uh, Batman the Animated Series, Season 1. Episode 5, directed by Boyd Kirkland. Story by Paul Dini and Michael Reeves. And the teleplay is by Tom Ruger.
1: Yeah, which makes sense with Paul Dini being so involved with Poison Ivy.
0: Sure. And this is our first episode where we got a story by credit and a teleplay credit separately. Mm -hmm. Uh, For the other episodes, it had all been the same person or people. Um, So yeah, Paul Dini has a stronger hand in this one. I think you can see it. Yes. Um, We get a title card. Gorgeous. Uh, Thorny vines in a blur behind really interesting lettering. Um, There's a pink-red rose that's also blurred in the background. And this very elegant but unsettling music that punctuates the Mm -hmm. lead-in, which I think ends up turning into Poison Ivy's theme. Yeah, Uh, Really gorgeous music, but again, it is creepy music. And it's a little bit in this episode for sure, one sequence in particular, but they do tend to lean on horror a little bit with Poison Ivy. This is not the best poison ivy episode, but all the poison ivy episodes are pretty good. But I almost always am thinking of the episode Eternal Youth, yep. where she's turning rich people into trees, and yeah. it's pretty horrifying. Yeah. Um, and that horror kind of does start in this episode. Mm-hmm. There is a little bit of horror to poison ivy in a in a really cool well, way. Well, plants can be scary. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, out of our title card, our this says this is the most artistic opening we've had. Yes for an episode so far on the show. Uncommonly artistic. Yeah. Our first shot is of a spade digging into dirt, and we're looking at it from the Earth's perspective. Mm -hmm. Weird. Very sort of Orson Welles, where the shot is from the bottom up, right? We see a pair of gloved hands that seem to be uh, rescuing a flower and putting it in a pot, Uh, and then we pan up through these layers of dirt and up over or behind a, a field of weeds and wildflowers, and we see Mayor Hill at the groundbreaking of the Gotham State Penitentiary. And we're in sepia tone. Yeah. Like the, the coloration on this looks like an old photograph. I really
1: like that sepia tone. It to lets you know that this is not happening now. It's happening in the past.
0: Right. And there's a big sign up behind Mayor Hill. It says, future site of the Gotham State Penitentiary. Um, and as we're listening to Hill, we hear it's being funded by the Wayne Foundation. And it's one man's dream, which is and that man is, is Harvey Dent. We actually see Bruce Wayne and Harvey Dent are both there. And they're holding shovels. Yeah. Um, Got a groundbreak. break. That's right. And while Mayor Hill is speaking, the camera pans over and we see the woman holding the plant that she has just rescued. But we don't see her face. Mm-hmm. Uh, she walks away before we get that. And Dent speaks these words. Uh, From this field of weeds and wildflowers will grow a new institution to build a better, safer Gotham. And then cameras start to flash as both Wayne and Dent plunge their shovels into the soil, digging up weeds in the process. Uh, this is an amazing opener.
1: It's really good. It's really good. And it kind of, like, it really plays upon the theme of, you know, the urban sprawl kind of taking over right. the natural world.
0: Right. You can even see from the one of the early shots in that sequence that, like, it's all city on, the other, yep. on one side. And on the other side, it's just undeveloped land. Yeah. And they're they're going to kind of corrupt that, of yes, course, of by course, putting of a, course, a damn prison there, a prison you know? of all things. And this is the prison that eventually Gotham State Penitentiary, we know better as I think they call it Stonegate on yeah, the show, I think so. but it's Blackgate, Blackgate in the comics. Blackgate in the comics. Yeah, so that that is the building that they are building. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, great. We get a typical animated series, Batman the Animated Series, transition on a newspaper cover into the next scene.
1: Another newspaper cover.
0: Right. It's, this is something that they're establishing on the show. It's just like, hey, sometimes this is how we get from scene to scene. Yeah. Um, we see the same gloved hand that we saw earlier, mm-hmm. but now it's in full color, and it tears out the picture. Mm-hmm. And then we get a shot of this woman, still unseen, we don't see the face yet, pinning the picture to her bulletin board. Uh, And taking a nearby watering can. So, you know, for people that are already Batman fans, if we didn't know this was going to be a Poison Ivy episode, we could maybe surmise it's an evil gardener. Yes. The famous gardener. The gardener. The evil gardener. But, like, Um, this is
1: all just reeks of Ivy right away. Sure.
0: Sure. Um, We get uh, a flower watering transition into the next scene. So just as Ivy is watering her own rose, the flower that she saved from the dig site, uh, we see another similar rose back at the site of the penitentiary where it's presently being dug up by an industrial excavator, a bulldozer, whatever you want to call this, right? Um, We pull back. We see the full site is in motion. There's the ugly sound of the dozers, but it's being underscored uh, by this building dramatic music. Yes. Um, and then we get an establishing shot of the new prison, mm-hmm. which the design of it looks weirdly like a naval naval warship for yeah, some reason. Yeah, it's weird. And then we get this really snarky, cynical subtitle. I was a little taken aback yeah, by this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The subtitle says, A Better, Safer Gotham. Five years later. Yeah. The balls on these writers, I know, right? I know. Um, so there, the subtitle is making fun of what Harvey Dent yep. said. Yep. I'm not used to the show being in judgment of the show. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So here we are. It's five years later. We know for a fact Gotham is not better or safer nope. five years later. If anything, it might be less. Sure. But the prison is there and all those plants are gone. Um, a helicopter lands to intercept uh, intercept an escapee as a uh, sirens wail Uh, It looked possibly like it was Professor Milo, Yeah, um, but they don't actually tell us if it's him or not. Um, And the copter flies towards Gotham City, having picked up this escaped convict, and and we don't know what's going to happen. We get a transition switch over to uh, Gordon in his office. The telephone rings. He announces to all the cops in the office that uh, there's been a prison break by air. Uh, (laughs) The chopper's heading this way. He mobilizes the whole station. Uh, Bullock is there as well, and it's more importantly our first appearance of Montoya.
1: Montoya, who's you know will become a very important character in the series. Yes, this is
0: the told. first time we really see her. We saw yes. her as a cardboard cutout in yes. Christmas with the Joker. She was in the audience of his television show, but this is the real Montoya, um, and she actually has lines in this episode, which yeah, so is fully her first appearance. And then they do a bit where everyone runs out of the station, and then Bullock runs back in for a donut. Because he's a fucking Gavone. Yeah, right? he
1: totally is a
0: <laughs> Um We get sirens blaring. Cars, you know, roll out of the police station. Uh, we pan up the station building to see a police helicopter launch into the sky. And we can surmise that that's probably where, like, the top brass is. It's yeah. probably Gordon's yeah. chopper. Uh, chopper. Uh, copter. Gordon's Cop- copter. copter. It's probably Gordon's Copter. copter. The escape thug, with again a haircut that looks like Mo from the Three Stooges gone wrong, which which, which again
1: yeah that's saying a lot, dude, because his haircut's rough to begin with, and <laughs> it's, it's like a bad version of Mo. Sure, I, th- I really think it's supposed
0: to be Professor Milo, yes. and maybe they were deciding like, oh, maybe we'll include him yeah. later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he rejoices that they're home free as the helicopter flies through the night, but of course we spot Batman on a roof nearby. He launches his grappling gun at the copter. Just some turbulence. More like Batman. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the worst turbulence. The worst turbulence. What I love is that, like, why would there be turbulence, like, in the city with a helicopter? I,
0: don't, I want to know what their plan was. They're like, yeah, we're going to escape on a helicopter and fly into the city where all the cops are. Why yeah. don't you just fly anywhere else? Well, you can leave. Or, like, land. I don't know. It was a bad plan. Yeah, it's bad. Bad plan.
1: They didn't think it out.
0: Yeah, the cop cars pursue the copter from below. And then the camera pans away from the action to bring us down to the street level, which I thought was really cool. I was like, where are we going with this? Yeah. There's an awning, red letters read, Rose Cafe. We zoom in, we head inside. Very cinematic. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> we get André, the very French waiter. Yes. And it's apparently a French restaurant. And he's serving up escargot to a beautiful red-haired woman in a red dress. And none other than Harvey Dent. Who's eating a Caesar salad.
1: Which is like, come on, man.
0: What a monster. At a
1: French restaurant? Come on. <laughs> First of all, come on. Right. And, yeah, order something French, at French, At least have a French salad. A Caesar salad. Yeah, Caesar salad. It's like you get that at the pizza place. Very bad. It's stupid.
0: Harvey Dent deserves what's coming to him. Yeah,
1: he deserves to get half his face burned off.
0: <sighs> wow. Harsh, but true. True. But true. What um, kind of
1: man orders a Caesar salad at a French restaurant?
0: <laughs> right. Yep, yeah, well, exactly. Exactly. I want to pause to acknowledge this. So, I think we should acknowledge the fact that Harvey Dent in this episode and I think the last time we saw him as well which I think was in um, on leather wings has a darker skin tone. Yep. And that doesn't last. No. Um or they I should say they kind of transition it more to like an olive skin yeah, tone yeah, yeah. and by the end of the series he's just another white guy. Yeah. I think they were trying to match up Billy D Williams a little bit. Probably. Because at this point, Batman Returns is out. Mm-hmm. They're making a lot of decisions based on Batman Returns, and that is still in the same universe as the first Batman yep. movie, which has Harvey Dent is played by Billy D. Williams. Gotta love it, right? And I'm sure he would have been. I think they're trying to match up the coloration a little bit with Billy D. Yeah. Even though Billy D. is a a black man. This Harvey Dent, they're kinda of going with like, oh, maybe he's a biracial character yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that. cuz it, it's it's strange the way that he sort of looks. I think they're trying to like bridge the difference, right? Yeah. And I know that very horribly Billy D. Williams was kinda of like forced out of his contract in oh, real life, right? That they, they didn't want him to play Two Face. Yeah. Um, but I think this is still kind of left over from when they, they wanted that to happen. Yeah. So uh, interesting appearance here. Um, for Harvey Dent. So we also get our first look at Poison Ivy, yes. and uh, she's just beautiful. Yep. Right. She's sniffing a rose that's on the table, being very sort of, you know, seductive a bit, right? She asks if they should wait for Dent's friend. Oh, so this is not just a, a date, right? They're going to meet Bruce. Uh,
1: the ultimate third wheel. The ultimate third wheel. Uh, Bruce Wayne.
0: And Dent is like, ah, oh, Bruce, now he's probably hung up on business. Yeah.
1: Batman business. <laughs> they did not try to like pull back that, the vibe. Right, At all the, the on sexy this. vibe? Yeah, they did not try to pull that back at all. It's kind of like, ah, eh, screw it, we're gonna we're gonna change a bunch of little kids' lives. <laughs> you know, she's a total
0: sex pot right away. Yeah, she like looks amazing even, in that dress. She's very beautiful.
1: they didn't they didn't try to tone it down for kids. It's like, uh, yeah, they'll be all right.
0: You know what's funny, too, is that this episode, there's some noticeably not great animation at yeah. times. But she always looks good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, they're like, yeah, whatever, draw the faces, whatever, get off the model. Yeah. But her, they're always like, no, she has to be. She has to be very. She has to be perfect every time you right. see
1: her. And, like, also, it's like um, Harvey Dent actually looks the worst in this episode. Like, Sunrise he didn't does. do a good job on the animation on this episode. Yeah,
0: he almost looks the least like how he looks in other episodes yeah, in this episode, Yeah, which is right? weird. It is weird. We get a, a funny transition shot right out of Dent's line hung up on business as Bruce is, you know, Batman literally hanging from the copter as you... Uh, as he weaves and bobs his way through the sky. He's on his grappling hook attached to the thing. Yeah. He manages to tangle the cable line around an antenna tower. The copter plunges. It crashes against the side of a building. And Batman then you know terrifies the escaped convict at of the course. window. And we keep bouncing back and forth from the action sequence to the restaurant, which I think is wonderful. Great. Um, I hear he's rich, says Ivy. And we briefly uh, pan back to the, the Rose Cafe here. Yeah, Bruce runs around with a real high-class crowd, says Dent, as we then again humorously transition back to Batman literally running after his foe. Um, (laughs) But he still manages to get his kicks, says Dent, and we transition yet again back to the cafe and then cut back right when Batman is doing exactly that, he's kicking, Um, and then Dent says, there's nothing we don't know about each other, says Dent, before we cut back yet again another time to Bruce and the convict. Who are you? Screams the escapee. I'm your worst nightmare fucking badass. Yeah, that's Batman. That's, that's, that's Batman. That's Batman. Um, We get a final cut back to the Rose Cafe in this sequence of cuts uh, showing Dent being a little bit more intimate with Ivy. Yeah. And he says, you know, I think you'll like him. And she says, if he's your friend, I know I will. She's got, it's a work, dude. This is such a work. You could tell. It is. Um, Her voice, so this is Diane Pershing, yep. who's like a legend yes. in especially voice acting, but yes. just in general. Her voice is very seductive right away with without going over the line yes you know it's kind of like all right in there it's like it's it's a really good it's very
1: it's very in the in the it's all of the a lot of the the um the villains in batman the animated series who are women um definitely embrace that art deco noir vibe to where they're all very much femme fatales
0: they do uh Ivy Ivy, the most. Ivy and Catwoman for sure. Yes. Sem fatale. And they let Harley of course be the gangster's girlfriend. Yes, right? but she also those does the stock have characters.
1: she she has pieces of that too to a degree Harley. Right, and then cool, they give but... the
0: Girl Friday to Batgirl. Yes. Right, yes. Later. Yeah. yeah. Um, and those are kind of all the archetypes from yeah. that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Period yeah, What I do notice, and I, I, I start to think about, especially with Ivy here, is just that I realized are there any female villains that aren't like really sexy? I guess I thought a baby doll who comes yeah. much later. Yeah, and I think that's it. That's it. Otherwise, all of the female Batman villains are very attractive.
1: That's kind of how the, and how they're drawn as well.
0: Right. And are there any attractive male villains who are meant to be attractive? So Dent before he is transformed into Two Face yeah. is meant to be handsome. Yeah, and then. I think it's just, it's an interesting dichotomy, right? So it's think, like all the women are beautiful and all the men are monsters. Yeah. And I right. think, I think the thing is, is I guess the Riddler looks okay. He's just smarmy. Yeah.
1: He's just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like with it though, it's like Batman is, um, it, you, they purposely do that because it's like a will they won't they bat with Batman and pretty much just about every Batman
0: and every woman. woman right. Yes. yes. There's an attraction. Yeah. Even a, to Batgirl, which yes. is weird. It's yeah. a little strange. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, whatever. I get it. Who are we to judge?
1: No.
0: Um, Okay, we get um, Bullock and the police copter finally arrive. Yeah, too late to actually do their job. Yep. The escapee's already been apprehended, and he's terrified.
1: <laughs> Big wings! Oh, and, man, Bat's back. Okay, nice.
0: Right, yeah. And Montoya <laughs> takes him into custody. Go, Montoya. Uh, we get a transition to the Batmobile. Batman lets Alfred. He's running late for his dinner date at the Rose Cafe. Alfred tells him he'll let Dent and Dr. Isley. know. it's the first time we hear her name. Yep. Batman asks how the food is there. And uh, I think Alfred gives his review of the food, in my humble opinion, sir, so exquisite.
1: Of course, Alfred's really cultured. He's really cultured.
0: I want, like, Alfred to be in my ear telling me where to go on yes, dinner. Yes, yes. Where, where to go for dinner, yes. where to go, like, take a date. Yes. I would buy that book is what I'm saying. Yeah,
1: Alfred, Alfred's, like, restaurant guide. Yeah,
0: like, Penny for Your Thoughts or uh, something like that. That's Penny beautiful. Penny Worth for Your Thoughts. I love it. We're working on it. Yeah, we're getting uh, there. He could do a restaurant guide for sure. Um, yeah, so the Batmobile arrives back at the Batcave. Alfred is waiting there with Bruce's only suit. Yep, he just wears that, that brown, brown suit, suit with the yellow shirt over and over again. It's totally hideous.
1: Um, Terrible combination. So Bruce's car for the evening is
0: a Cord.
1: Okay, so Do you know what this is? No, I think it's a made-up car. And hear no, me out. It, I think it is. I think it's real. It's, oh, it's real. I thought maybe it was a. It was
0: reference to Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle. I thought that too. I looked it up, and I apparently a Cord. C O R D. Cord. cord Is a brand of car that was only around from the early 1920s until 1937. Okay. So there was only a limited number of them. They're considered rare, and you would only own one of these if you were made of money.
1: Okay. And Bruce Wayne is.
0: Sure. But no child would know that. So it is interesting that they really named it. Yeah. And it's Um, got,
1: I mean, it looks like one of those wraiths or phantoms or whatever those types of cars are. It looks like a wraith. Yeah, Yeah. for
0: sure. Um, It's idling out front. Uh, Alfred recommends the Trout almandine Whatever the fuck that is Yeah
1: it's kind of like It's kind of like this What you would do With chicken franchise But like with trout And uh, served almonds So almondine Is referenced that to like sliced roasted almonds Sounds good It's probably great
0: I'd be into that I Yeah
1: think. I'm not a big fish guy But uh, chicken almondine I would enjoy Alright
0: I am a big fish guy I would enjoy that yeah. Alfred could help me out
1: Yes he totally could
0: uh, Alright it's coffee and dessert At the Rose Cafe And by the way This is already our 16th scene In yep, the episode already. So this is already Very dense um, Bruce of course Picks up the tab Because he's a billionaire
1: Yep Could you you know, With his credit card
0: Could you imagine like oh. it, I have a question If you were a billionaire Would you ever expect Your friends to pick up the tab
1: um, like, No
0: you would Would you appreciate the offer
1: Yeah I would appreciate that moment Where they like Well like they go to Reach for the wallet But then you've already Put the credit card down <laughs> And they're like Oh what Come right. on This is ridiculous Right Every, I guess you, you still
0: try To fight him on You know he owns the city It's
1: like can I, can I Come on let me pay Let me. Let me cover the tip Right. and it, No. Right. That's where the real Batman comes out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think Bruce is lonely because he has to pay for dinner all the time. Yeah, yeah. And he's sick like, I don't want to. He's like, I'm sick of it. It's the principle of the yeah, thing. Yeah, he
1: goes, can't they pay?
0: Yeah. Um. So Bruce picks up the tab. Dr. Isley has to run, but she affectionately kisses Harvey on the mouth oh, for yeah. a long time. Long time
1: I mean This is a kids show And they did not tone that down
0: That is I mean It's to the extent where like Bruce looks away yeah, He's like, like, like looking oh my at my his boy. watch He's oh. like Jesus fucking Christ It's like Get a room Yeah Um. And then she turns heads As she exits And Mike I didn't know that I was gonna stop And say this But I'm going to They fully animate her ass Yep walking yep. out the door and every head turning to look. And they were like, they fuck up the animation a lot in this particular episode. That ass is perfectly animated as it goes. It's
1: very, very classic 1940 19- 40s, 50s noir kind of thing. It's a
0: classic peach going out the door, right? Uh, Harvey says, Pam is one of a kind. That's why I've asked her to marry me. Oh, boy. And he starts to sweat. Yeah, I'd be sweating too. Yeah. Harvey wipes sweat as Bruce tells him he's, he's rushing into things with Dr. Isley. Yeah. Bruce, what the fuck do you know about love? You happen to be right this time, but come on.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, We hear more of these sort of pun lines, right, Harvey? Love hit me right in the face. And then Harvey faints right into his chocolate mousse. Which, which looks is, great. It looks great. Something I remembered perfectly happening all these years later. I was like, all right, yeah, and he yeah, faints yeah, in the in the chocolate mousse.
1: Um, question. Do you think Ivy is using some sort of pheromones to to make him this love struck? Uh yes, I think so. She, but she does that. But it is
0: um it's conceivable that she might not have to, because the other thing is she's just a she's very attractive.
1: Yeah, I know, but he's like almost like he's like this is... You're right. But at the same time, this guy is like the district attorney of Gotham City. Like, something's going on. Sure. I, and,
0: of course, she is almost certainly using pheromones. It's never actually said in the yeah, episode. No, no. I would assume. We can assume based on what we know about the character, yes. Like, yeah. However, looking how Ivy looks and knowing people I know in my life, I don't think they would need much persuading.
1: Yeah, probably. You know
0: what I mean? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, outside, Harvey's rushed to the ambulance by Bruce. There's a lingering shot on the painted rose outside the Rose Cafe. Um, so the visual language in this episode is that poison ivy, as in Dr. Pamela Isley, is literally the red rose. Yep. The, the deadly flower, the one that grew where the penitentiary now stands. Yep. Yep. She's used that same flower to create this poison. Yep. She herself looks like a red rose. She was wearing like a red dress. She's mm-hmm. got red hair, red lips. She's, she's the Deadly Rose, and you have now felt the thorns. Yes. Right. Uh, we get an establishing shot of the Gotham City Hospital. We pan over to the ambulance's arrival. Inside the ER, the doctors are giving us a report on Harvey, and he's not doing well. Oh, he looks rough. They're rushing him to the ICU. He's dying. Yes. Telephone rings again in Gordon's office. We get the same exact shot of Gordon rallying the troops to get him to the medical center. We gotta go to the ICU. Yeah. But... Uh, and then Bullock runs back in again for another donut, uh, right? It's just a very funny just gag. Disgrace. Um, <laughs> Sirens blare as the squad arrives at the hospital. and inside dense condition is calmer but more dire. Yes. So they've stabilized him, but he's been poisoned. He's going to die unless they find the antidote.
1: And the the poison kiss comes back in Batman and Robin.
0: <laughs> it does. That, to it the does. point where they
1: have to put on rubber lips. It does. It does. I guess
0: that movie owes more to this episode. Yeah than some others i
1: think that movie owes a lot to no one and uh no <laughs> we don't one, want to give we don't no. want to saddle anything with that there credit. are people who are trying to like like revision like no, people who are no. engaging in revisionist history are like no batman and robin's actually good it's like no, no you it's, can't it's, it's, star
0: wars prequel no, batman no. and robin
1: you can't star wars prequel the star wars prequels either oh that's another podcast yeah go look us
0: up on our other show yeah, for that one right. yeah um so Yes, Gordon orders Bullock down to the restaurant and you know to, to kind of investigate there. And the police guards are going to remain on duty around the clock at the hospital. In the hospital lab, uh, Bruce confronts the doctor mm-hmm. who is analyzing Dent's blood. He claims he's never seen something so virulent. Yeah, they need the antidote immediately, or Dent is going to die. So Bruce does a total Batman, Batman here, game. and he, as Bruce Wayne, steals the blood sample. Which yep. I don't know. If he had been caught, there would have been no way to explain it. No. It's like, he would why have just been involved? like, I'm a weird billionaire who licks blood. <laughs> is the only <laughs> thing I could think of how he could have gotten out of that. Only, so.
1: oh, yeah. I mean, you would have to lean into it.
0: Right. Just yeah, He's taking a good risk. Yeah, man. Um, he's Batman. Bullock is doing valuable work interrogating the French chef down oh, at the police God. station. I was reminded of the Sopranos episode yeah. where the pizza chef in the telltale mozzarella says, my pizza never hurt nobody. <laughs> so this is the French chef. Uh, equivalent defending his um, a pinch of vanilla, right? So, was...
1: so a man and I both laughed out loud where they cut to him interrogating the <laughs> chef, and he just, <laughs> went, what's in a moose? <laughs> like, um, they're
0: also berating a um. <laughs> Dishwasher from the restaurant. Yo, the
1: GCPD is just terrible.
0: I also want to say this show has a very low opinion of police. Yes. Just in general. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because it has to. Because they have to be like, well, you see why they need Batman. Yeah, so
1: we need Batman. They're completely like, you know,
0: yeah. Right. Uh, All right. Back to the Batcave. Batman's working over the sample on the Batcomputer. He's isolated the toxin and it's derived from a plant. They've given the name the Wild Thorny Rose. Which is not a real plant in real life. They made it up. They made it up for the animated series, but fine. Uh, Batman says he'll just, you know, he'll head to the Gotham Botanical Gardens to get a sample. But Alfred tells him that's impossible. This plant has been extinct for nearly five (gasps) years.
1: Bump, bump, bump. Really,
0: we land on five years. Five years should give us a hint, right? We get a brief transition to the same gloved hands taking another clipping of the wild thorny rose in a laboratory somewhere. Okay, back at the hospital, we pan over the building inside Dent's room. Bruce urges him to fight, Harvey, fight. <laughs> uh, Dr. Isley arrives, and she expresses great concern. She's doing some great acting really, here. Really, right? I mean,
1: not only is she an incredible botanist and doctor. A terrific actress. She's also a great actress.
0: Right, well, she looks a little like Rita Hayworth, so that yeah, helps, right? Yeah. Uh, Montoya bars any visitors, and Dr. Isley breaks down in tears. She's doing a great, great acting job. Really good job. Bruce walks her out to the car. What a strange moment here. Yeah, 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 yeah. As she embraces Bruce, two things happen. One, it looks like she leans in to kiss him. Yep. Uh, it really does. And we know...
1: He was there, too. He was
0: there, too, from the flashback. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. We know that he's the other person responsible for making that flower extinct. Yes. So he catches her on the cheek. Yeah. Right? So she misses his lips. Yes. Um, And, you know... He's probably thinking like, wait a second. Oh, she kissed Dent. Maybe he's caught some of the scent here. Maybe he's simply Mike, the world's greatest, greatest detective. detective. And he stares at her car as she pulls away. And we, the viewer, know like, oh, he's on uh, her. He's, he knows. He, he figured up. it out right now. Where
1: does she work?
0: Yeah, Alfred. Right. So he's on the road in the cord, which apparently is also linked up to the back computer. Of oh, everything is. Right. Well, of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, Batman speaks with Alfred, asks him to look up Doctor Isley. Yeah. When Bruce arrives at the Batcave, Alfred already finished his research. Isley used to work as a research chemist for a cosmetics company uh, called Shade Girard. Uh, She worked on new fragrances, like the newest one, which is called Nightshade. And we get like this little perfume ad for Nightshade. Uh,
1: It's deadly.
0: uh, Funny enough, Diane Pershing, one of the things she did in her career was perfume commercials. That makes
1: sense. Yeah, so... Very Calvin Klein of them.
0: Very Calvin Klein. Uh, She is very Estee Lauder, right? yes. She is a doctor at, she's also a doctor at Gotham University, where she offers a monthly lecture series on endangered and extinct plant species. Oh, that's nice. I think Harvey's engagement is off. The Batmobile pulls up to the Gotham Botanical Gardens, but I'm actually not sure that's true. It could just be wherever Ivy's lab yeah. is at the university. I'm not sure. Yeah. I feel like if it was the Botanical Gardens, they would have told us. Yeah. This could be just her laboratory. It could be. And I think that's actually more likely because she has a changing station there with her clothes. So let me correct this. It's probably not the Botanical Gardens. It's probably Ivy's lab. Yeah, Wherever she is, probably university property. Batman is up on the roof of a glass building looking down to the darkness of the exotic plant life below. Inside the Botanical Lab, we get a quick cut of Ivy in those iconic gloves that we've been seeing for the whole episode, placing a wild thorny rose plant on a pedestal. Batman's lurking at the window. We hear her sweetly talking to plants, as a normal person does. Yeah, totally normal. Totally normal. Oh, you've done so well today, sweetheart. Now get some rest, and don't worry. I won't cut off any more of your beautiful petals. Unless I need them, which is a threat, meaning like, well, she might not be done with this work yet. No, Maybe no, no, she'll I... need that poison to kill others. Like the mayor. So, uh, yep, talking to plants. She's clearly a supervillain. Yep, clearly a dendrophiliac. Which, thank you, yes, <laughs> I'm sure that's happened. <laughs> Lucky trees. Um, she turns on the heat lamps and plays some music for the plants. Totally normal. Totally normal. Totally normal. She removes her lab attire behind a screen. Which is a sexy, sexy thing to do. Damn you, <laughs> Bruce Tim! So sexy. Uh, Batman runs down into the lab where he immediately encounters a trap door uh, with this spiky-looking sort of cactus almost like, plant. Beneath. Almost like she
1: knew Batman was going to come. Right.
0: Yeah. All these, all these folks have always rigged their labs with anti-Batman traps, and they never work. They never work. Uh, he narrowly escapes, and then he gets pulled into the tangle of a gargantuan Venus flytrap. Yep. Um. Yep, it's a big vagina. Yep, we just have to call this out for what it is. It is what it is. It's unmistakably a vagina.
1: On, done on purpose.
0: Done on. I was glad to see done on purpose because I was like, "Am I fucking having like a psychotic episode?" No, and I'm so. like, "My subconscious fears are like coming out. My fear of, you know, vagina dentata, or whatever the hell you want to call this." <laughs> Um, (laughs) What has my sweet little flytrap caught this time? Oh, not the first man you've caught in your flytrap, I'm (laughs) sure Um, She asks from behind her dressing screen She steps out just as Batman's nearly devoured by the giant vagina Uh, She's in her full costume, which I think I forgot how sexy the costume is Um, It's sexier than I remember It doesn't show a lot of skin She's covered up, but it's a very sexy costume I forgot that the animated series costume was also sexy. Yep,
1: they yep, yeah, they know what they're doing.
0: Right? Yeah, uh, it's crazy. Um, they do converse for a bit about Harvey Dent while Batman struggles, and she fully does a villain monologue. Yep. Yep. Right? Ivy laughs when Batman brings up Harvey Dent. Um, she fully introduces herself as Poison Ivy. Uh, she reveals her motive: that Dent's dream for building the penitentiary inadvertently caused the extinction, in her yep. words, the murder of the yep. wild thorny rose um now he has to pay for his crimes uh so on the motive ranking scale this is way down the list oh for me. this is nowhere near as good this as man bat no yeah man bat is obviously the, tops, still the winner the tops turning yourself into a bat is still the number one motive. yeah that's the best yeah look now outside this episode yes protecting the earth and the yeah. environment is a worthy cause yes. but specifically this motive and the way she's carrying out this plan is not great um. Yeah the blood Of those flowers Are on his hands Alright okay.
1: okay Yeah okay. Sure
0: okay. Ivy recovers Her glamour girl act After a brief tantrum Yeah And she puts on Her deadly lipstick She kisses Batman As he's tangled up In the vines It's a famous shot Yep um, And his vision Blurs and spins He tries to spit out The poison Ivy continues to monologue And taunts Batman With the antidote She applies it As a perfume That she calls Rose from the dead Very nice uh, yep, Batman continues to fight off the flytrap. He's got his tiny little knife He's from just, nowhere, yep. which Batman. I also took to be kind of sexual. Yay, where it's just yay, like yay. I'm going to fight this giant vagina with my tiny little knife. Yep, and hope for the best. But you know what? It works. Yeah, <laughs> it gets the job done. <laughs> it gets the job. Just that the size doesn't count.
1: Yeah, you know I use it.
0: Um, I was really unnerved because the um, the big plant, the the big vagina plant. Has some really human sounding screams. Yeah, yeah. Like when he's cutting its teeth and yeah. like when Ivy later shoots it with the crossbow, like it it really gets hurt. Yeah, like it, yeah, yeah, it sounds human. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty yeah. fucked up.
1: First of all, that wrist mounted crossbow is ridiculous.
0: It's a stupid weapon, but it's, it's a very uh well, it is stupid. She's not good with it. No. I guess if she was better with the weapon, we'd be like, Oh, I guess that weapon wasn't stupid. Yeah. She's but she hits nothing. No. She hits nothing and hurts the plant. Yep. So and kills I guess it. Right, right, I think she kills it. Yeah. So and we we have to imagine this weapon's probably chosen because it's very feminine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I want to shout this out, and I think this is important. She is unabashedly a feminine character. Yes. Right. She's proud of her femininity, and yep. actually, a lot of Ivy stories revolve around her bucking the patriarchy in yeah. some way. Yeah. Right. So she's oftentimes fighting against men. Yeah. In this episode, it's Wayne and Dent. Yeah. Right. In later episodes, it'll be other people. Yep. And I think she's. She's not afraid to be feminine and nope. glamorous and beautiful. And I think nope. those things are, are great. I think this is these are some of the reasons why she's evolved into a character that people really still like yes. now yeah, and why she got her hero turn. Yeah, she got her face turn. Um, I like the crossbow shooter. It's a ridiculous weapon, but it's it's still very her. Oh, yeah, incredible. so i I did appreciate that. So yep, they have this fight with the crossbow darts. She kills the flytrap, Batman dodges her repeated shots, and he accidentally starts a fire by causing a row of the heat lamps to crash, and the whole lab basically catches fire, and Ivy has a mental breakdown, because these are like her children. Yeah. She screams out, no! She rushes to save at least the wild thorny rose specimen. There's more crashing heat lamps, the fire gets worse, and she ends up getting saved by Batman as he pushes her out of the way. In five episodes that we've done i feel like batman's done this like three times with the villain he saved maybe every time with I think the villain every time, yeah. i think every time in the first four there's some big moment where the villain could just bite it and batman saves them no nah, he doesn't he want people to die straight up saves man bat's life for yep. sure yep he prevents joker from falling into the vat in Twice. Christmas with the Joker And then and sure. also in The Last Laugh And then in Last Laugh he saves Joker as well And then I, I think he saves Crane I'm pretty sure yeah I'm pretty sure he does Even though he, he does deliver him to the cops Of course Yeah um, Yeah Batman in, in saving her Ended up landing wrong He's dangling in a pit Yeah uh, And again about to be shot by Ivy She says enjoy extinction Batman But oh not so fast Batman has the wild thorny rose The bottle for the weed he offers What's it gonna be and she, she does give over the antidote, and Ivy recovers her sample, and she cradles it as if it's her baby. Very and normal. Very normal, but also a moment where I'm like, I, I'm sympathetic towards her. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. N-
0: not because she's like a murderous psychopath who no. tried to kill Harvey Dent yeah. and Batman and probably Bruce Wayne, too. Yep. Um, but because she seems so wounded in this moment. Yes. Yeah. And. She really does care for that plant. Oh yeah, like her child. Yeah, it's it's weird how vulnerable it yes. is. Um and the the affect of her body there. Um yeah, so we get back to the hospital, right? Dent has recovered. Yep. Wayne Gordon and Bullock are at his bedside and Bruce tells him that as his friend he has to be honest with him. He has to, be the, he has to do the the bro move. Do the, the bro move, right? Oh, I she... think Pam is wrong for you. Right? <laughs> And of course we lead into our final shot, a uh, big instrumental music as we get another shot again of the penitentiary, a uh, stone gate, right? We descend down its corridors, Ivy is all alone in a cell, and she says these words, they can bury me in the ground as deep as they like, but I'll grow back. We always grow back, don't we, baby? She moves to her wild thorny rose, which is in the cell with her, and her green eyes narrow. Um, really good end to the episode. Um, Ivy s- clearly belongs in Arkham. Yeah. But obviously we know she'll be transferred there. Yeah. I think the show is still figuring that out. I think she's not in Arkham for two reasons. One, I don't know if they've fully established Arkham as a location yet, mm-hmm. even though we saw it briefly in Christmas with yeah, the Joker. very briefly. It was the yeah. only time we saw it. And also, it's important that she ends up in that prison because it was built over the site yes. of the Wild Thorny yes, Rose. Yes, yes, yes.
1: It's, almost, you know, it's the whole... um. It's the whole dramatic... Uh, irony of it all, right? That yeah. she ends up in the prison that she herself is essentially trying to punish people for creating.
0: Yeah. I saw you wrote in our notes it says, why did they let her keep the yeah, flower? Yeah, I don't know
1: why they let her keep the flower. I don't get it.
0: <sighs> yeah, I don't know. This is a ridiculous thought, but I think at some level maybe Batman had something to do with maybe. that. Just being like, maybe. yeah, okay, you're going to lock her up. Just let her keep this flower. Yeah,
1: because it'll keep her sane or whatever.
0: Yeah, something like that. She'll have something to focus on. Yeah. She won't be a danger to herself, yeah. right? Um. It, it kind of leads into this, which we'll talk about much more in later episodes with Harley and Freeze and those characters, that Batman does have sympathy for yeah, his villains. Yeah, I think
1: so, especially when there's someone who's clearly um, clearly insane and yeah. a danger to themselves just as much as they're a danger to sure. other people. Yeah, it's
0: actually it's why I hate when Batman's written as a thug yep. ever, who's yep. just like a big beat stick. I'm like, no... If you really look at Batman, the animated series especially, he has great compassion for the people he fights, and he really tries to see them as people. Mm -hmm. And I think letting Ivy keep the flower is him, Yep. and I think that is part of it. I think he sees the same vulnerability, and maybe even the same person who could be good inside. And I think he even sees that this early. I agree which is which is cool and, um, um
1: yeah yeah man uh this is a great episode yeah any closing thoughts on pretty poison i think it's just a terrific episode it's a great introduction to poison ivy a character who will be very important to not only this show but batman as an institution moving forward i feel like poison ivy is one of the um uh, most important characters to the batman pantheon now yeah for she sure. has, she's has, she has her own series um, in terms of comic books, she's so uh, incredibly tied to Harley Quinn at this point. She's the second lead on the Harley Quinn cartoon. Right. Um, I don't know if they're married in the comics. I think they are. I forget. They might have gotten married. I, recently. I forget. But sure. all I know is that they are together in the comics as a, as a couple. So this is it, it's a really different take on her that we're used to now. She's kind of got the Lake the Lake Bell version of. Of Poison Ivy's got he's more like a Daria character than say like right. like this femme fatale kind of uh, Noir character, but there's space in in the world for both versions of this character And I think this is a great introduction to her and it's really cool to see what they do with her moving forward
0: Absolutely. Yeah, like
1: scarecrow. This
0: is a character that continues to evolve visually yes. Right, so we see her first in this way, which is almost like 50s glam girl. Yeah, Right. Um, when we get to the new animation style, much much later in this series, she'll have really really pale skin yeah. and almost like a goth girl yeah. look to yeah. her. Um, eventually, in other series, we'll see her as green in yep. the comic book. She eventually becomes green, and it they actually made it canonically that that was like as a result of her powers growing yeah. that she yeah, yeah, became yeah, yeah. more like a plant herself. In the new series In the Harley Quinn show On HBO Max Which you should all be watching Yeah it's actually um, well, She has the green skin And she has a different look And kind of a different personality You're yes. right She's much more uh, Dry Yeah Right She has that kind of dark humor yeah. You're right dry, She's more, sarcastic, more cynical character. Yeah, cynical. But that is because I think Because she has to contrast Harley yes. Who yes. is so Yeah uh, I hesitate to use the word Airheaded But you, you know what yeah, I mean Yeah 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 Almost like a, a Play on a ditzy blonde almost. Yes, yes. Um, Yeah So even though there's not A lot of all of the hallmarks of why we like Poison Ivy in this episode, there's enough. Yeah. Um, she's sexy as hell, mm-hmm. she has a powerful feminine spirit, she has a good cause, and even though her motive is weak in this specific episode, her cause is good. Yeah. So we kind of look forward to seeing her again. I do like this look better than her later looks. Yeah. Uh and I, I to be clear, I do like the Lake Bell version of the yes, character. So yeah. when we do come to that fully realized version of Ivy, I think I like that just as much. Yeah. But just talking about the original animated series stuff, this original look for Ivy was great. Great. Um, and it's a great character. I, I loved covering this episode. This was a really fun one to revisit. Oh, and absolutely. also, it's cool to see Dent before he's Two-Face again.
1: Yeah, It's eventually we're going to get Two-Face, but it's really cool to see him established as a character within the world before we see his turn.
0: Sure, yeah. And actually, we're going to see him as Two-Face pretty soon. Pretty soon. Um. What's funny is I think it's a much later episode. It's almost got him, which yeah. is one of the best episodes of the series that they will reference. That oh, we used to date. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Because yeah, Ivy, yeah. Ivy and Two Face are both in that episode. Yes, but, exactly. Um, this is great. All right, folks. This was a, another really fun episode of the series to cover. Absolutely. I enjoy revisiting um, Pretty Poison. And big props to Diane Pershing, who just oh, gives a, a hell of a voice acting job. And uh, a welcome to uh, Ingrid Olieu as yeah, Montoya, who we'll great, see man. uh, many other times in this series. Great character. All right, we're wrapping up things here. Uh, in terms of ranking in the series, Pretty Poison's pretty good for pretty me. Pretty good.
1: I'm putting it in the top half for sure. Top
0: half for sure. It doesn't quite crack my top. I
1: don't think it's getting the top 20, but it's up there.
0: It's up there. And next time, I'm so sorry, Mike... Mike will be leading us on a deep dive of the Underdwellers. Not all hits, folks. They're not all hits, folks. Uh, but I, I promise you we'll make that episode a good uh, time. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It happens. Yeah, I know. Okay. I know. It happens. All right. Folks, thank you for joining us. This was the Batman-tasticast. For Mike Staub, I'm Jordan Hugh. Thank you, and see you next time. Same bat time, same bat channel.
1: Hey, everyone, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Batman-tastic cast. If you want to support the show, you can go to social media and look for us at Batman-tastic cast on pretty much every form of social media there is. If you also want to continue to help the show, please give us a like or subscribe to our show on the podcatcher of your choosing or leave a comment. We actually really love discussing this type of stuff with you guys. So leave comments. Let us know how you feel. Let us know what you think our takes are. Let us know that you hate this show so very much that you felt compelled to to let us know. Also, if you have tidbits of information, if you have some trivia that you want to send our way, Jordan and I love that type of stuff. So we look forward to getting more messages from you and thank you all so far for your support. See you next time.